KCSB FM in Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Joyce Chi, KCSB's internal news director. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, scammers are targeting student residents in Isla Vista, claiming to offer research position jobs. You'll hear from one student about her experience. And it's a book that the UCSB and Ivy communities are encouraged to read. Find out more about the 2024 selection of UCSB Reads. But first, it's beginning to look a lot like the holidays, and you're invited to join the Ivy community and the Ivy Recreation and Park Department this Friday for the third annual Lights, Love, Community event. The fun starts at 5 p.m. next to the St. George Youth Center on 889 Camino del Sur. This annual event lights up parks throughout Isla Vista in a festive way and decks out a special tree in Estero Park throughout the month of December. You can find more details on Ivy Parks' Facebook page, facebook.com IVRPD. Can you believe it's already the end of the year? I sure can't. In other news, Charlie Munger has died. The billionaire investor and Santa Barbara area resident was 99 when he passed away on Tuesday at a local hospital. Munger's name became well-known to the UCSB campus community because of his offer to partially fund a controversial megadorm, but the gift came with strings. Munger wanted to design it himself. The monstrosity would house thousands of students in small, single rooms, with communal kitchens and virtually no windows. Chancellor Henry Yang and UCSB administrators quietly put the plan to rest earlier this year with no official announcement, after it was widely criticized by students, faculty, campus architects, and a lot of other people. Now, let's get on with our show. College students are often looking for other ways to make extra money, and scammers are taking advantage of this in Isla Vista. UCSB recently sent out an email message warning against research position job scams. KCSB's Annabelle Hurst speaks with one student about her experience. At the beginning of October, UCSB sent out an email warning students about job opportunity scams. The email told students to be, quote, cautious career consumers and warned against job offers coming from outside of Handshake or career services. Just 10 days later, on the 12th, the university sent out a second warning email. This one specifically warned against research assistant positions coming from emails or text messages posing as UCSB faculty members. But what exactly are these emails warning against? And what do these scams actually look like? Here with me, I have a first-year UCSB student using the alias Sarah to talk about her experience with one scam. I am a first-year studying data science. When did you first hear about the research assistant opportunity? So my mom sent me a photo of it. She sent me a screenshot from Facebook um, along with links from Google and Microsoft. What did the Facebook post say? This was on the UCSB 2024 housing page. They are to work remotely and get paid 350 weekly. The research position applicants are open to students from any academic department and tasks can be carried out remotely. To proceed with the application process and other eligibility descriptions, contact Professor Hondrakrins at her number, her fake number, text message acknowledging your full name, email address, your study, and department to receive the job descriptions and further application requirements. Okay, wow. So why did you first trust it? Well, I mean, honestly, I was like, I didn't know if I should trust it or not at first, because I mean, it's coming from Facebook and my mom sent it to me, but I didn't think that they would, it's like that bad of a thing to give 
a number, my name, my year of study, and my email address because I'm giving them their, my UCSB one. And I did Google the professor, and she's real. And she, when they when she texted me, she talked about how like she's doing something with like diversity within technology which i thought was interesting and i searched up online and that was like something that she had in her real research website so i just assumed that like it was somewhat real and what did the number have you do once you texted it um basically she was like do you have any of the skills in microsoft and word and excel and powerpoint and honestly i don't but i just said i did (laughs) Um, and then she said, kindly submit a screenshot of your resume, which I thought was a little suspicious. And I showed it to a friend and she took the screenshots because I also didn't understand what that would mean. Like take screenshots of your resume, um, and send it. And like, so we did that together, but we were both a little bit cautious and she responded 10 minutes later saying the department is excited to work with you and someone with your experience track record, which sounded like not real. So when did you stop trusting the number that you were texting? I think I was like discussing it with my friend because this all happened in like three hours and I was texting, I was talking to my friend and I decided to search up the number which was texting me because I couldn't really find anything pointing towards it being a scam but then I was like oh maybe this is one of the scams that I was emailed about earlier so I searched up the the um, number on Google and it came up like a bunch of different Facebook posts stating like there are different professors at different schools like one was UCLA and it was like for the first generation students like Facebook group stating that they wanted their this random professor is looking for a research student or re- research opportunities. So I, then I realized, well, obviously it's not true. Like, it's not a real thing. What did they ask you to do once you had the, like, position? By the time that they emailed me, I knew that it wasn't real. And so I received the email, which, by the way, just had a question mark over it. And it said in, like, a little box, don't trust this email. <laughs> like, it's coming from an outside organization. Um, and it said that I had to, like fill in different generic over-the-counter drugs for something like in a spreadsheet or yeah i think just probably in excel i didn't even read the whole thing because i was kind of tired of this at this point this is what it says the school payroll department will provide funds for the office supplies needed for the research going to terms the agreement reached and it will be included in your first paycheck it doesn't mention how i'm getting paid I was reading on Reddit and it said that like people were getting paid. They would get actual money. So they received $350 through their bank. What people claimed was happening was that the people paying them would report to the bank because now they had their their bank account routing number that the money that they were giving to the people was like incorrect. So therefore they would get the money. The check would bounce back, but somehow they had the routing number too. So I think it would bounce back with more money than what they gave you. And also I think that like they would claim and email you and say that you never paid them back or something. So basically you wouldn't end up actually giving them money ever. They would just bounce the checks back and somehow take more, which I don't necessarily know how that works, but. 
Yeah. So they were. So they offer you the job, and yeah. then people would get the job, and then when they go to pay you, yeah. somehow take money from the bank or your account. Yeah. And so did you respond to that email or ever do the tasks? Um, no, I did not. I just didn't respond, and I eventually received a phone call. <laughs> um, I was on the bus, received a phone call from the professor, which, of course, getting a phone call from the professor would be really strange in the first place, I think. And the professor pretty much picked up the phone, and it sounded like a little boy was speaking to me, very muffled, and going, put in the payroll number, put in the payroll, put in the payroll number, do the task. It was just like, so I just didn't. And then they, the professor um, spam called me many, many times. <laughs> wow. So how many times did you pick up the calls then? Um, maybe like three times. And then my friends, I was like telling my friends about it because they were next to me and they were just like, you should block them. So that's what I did. Other than the calls, mm -hmm. did they ever try to reach out to you again? Well, they didn't reach out to me in email because I think a lot of, like, the email and the texting is, like, pre-written. Was so, there anything in the text that sounded, like... Suspicious? Yeah, or, like, yeah, pre-written at all or anything? The response to my resume was, like, the most suspicious thing. <laughs> yeah. Because I had no experience. And, and what did they I, say? They said, the department will be excited to work with someone with your experience and track record. Yeah, and did they ever ask for any information that was necessarily, like, super suspicious? I mean, I guess, like, they asked for me, my address and an alternative email, which is, like, a little strange, honestly, like, considering that, like, I looked on Reddit and that the exchange is, like, bouncing back a check. I feel like it's realistic for somebody to, like, go in the same way I did and, like, get, receive the money, because why would you not receive a, a check through, like, your real bank account? And then, like, just cash it in. Because, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think that you're actually revealing anything, you know? So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it's pretty realistic for somebody to do that. And how fast were they responding initially? At first, they were responding, like, super fast. I emailed them at 5.45 p.m. They emailed me 40 minutes later. So it was really, really fast. Before I blocked them, they just sent me, Dear your first task has been sent to your preferred email address. Have you received it yet? So on Reddit, it looks like there are, like, a lot of other students from random universities who also get, like, emails or Facebook posts that say they'll pay $350 yeah. a week and that the requirements are, like, Microsoft Word, PowerPoint. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add or any advice for other students? I feel like it's definitely good to talk to an outside source, but... I did receive an email from the school. Yeah. That said that they noticed that I was getting, like, like an, a weird account had sent me an email, I guess. So they're tracking this. And they were just like, don't trust anybody who is texting you. People will only reach out to you. Like, they'll show you um, their official website. They'll send you their yeah. official website. And then they'll ask for you probably to come in for an interview. So I guess... You should do that. And I feel like I'm probably, like, like I thought I was doing, like, a good job. But, like, honestly, I shouldn't have, like, engaged in it in the first place. I was kind of just, like, yeah, wanting I mean, to feel like I was doing something. Productive, yeah. Productive, yeah. Yeah. The email on the, or the UCSB email that the campus sent out yeah. says to 
basically be careful receiving any emails from someone claiming to be UCSB faculty that maybe yeah. isn't a UCSB email. Thank you, Sarah, for coming in. Um, oh, you're so welcome. I hope you have a great rest of your day. If you guys do receive a job offer that you think may be a scam, be sure to review the safety tips for online job searches on the UCSB career website and look through the campus emails that they sent out. Thanks for tuning in. That was KCSB's Annabelle Hurst speaking with a friend who was scammed by a fake job post for research positions. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Joyce Chi. UCSB Reads has been taking place every year for over 15 years. I talked to a UCSB librarian to learn more about this program and 2024's book selection. Each year for over a decade, UCSB's library has hosted a campus and community-wide reading program called UCSB Reads. To learn more, I talked to Alex Regan, the library's events and exhibitions program manager. Yes, my name is Alex Regan, and I'm a librarian at UCSB Library. I manage our public events and exhibitions program. Awesome. Thanks again for coming in today. I know part of your responsibilities includes UCSB Reads. Can you tell me more about this program? I'm happy to talk about UCSB Reads. Uh, we are a uh, one-book program um, designed to bring campus and the community together to discuss important issues that um, connect to a book that we choose each year. Um, we are going into our 18th year. What's the UCSB Reads book selection process like? We have a, um, a really great uh, committee of faculty, staff, and students, and community members that gather over the summer to select the book that will be the UCSB Reads book for um, the January, the, the winter and spring quarter for the next year. Um, and there's a about 15 to 20 of us, and we start with a long list of books, and we narrow it down to a short list of five. We, we ask for feedback from campus and the community, and then we select the book, and as long as the authors are available for an on-campus visit, which is a, a feature of the UCSB Reads program, then we have a book. Awesome. Um, and we look for a book that is... Um, interdisciplinary that can be incorporated into the curriculum and um, that will really engage the, the most um, number of people on campus and um, across Santa Barbara and Goleta. And when you say incorporate it into the curriculum, so people are like learning about it in class too? Or? Well, we um, we don't have a requirement that any classes read the UCSB Reads book, but we do try to get faculty to teach either the entire book or some um, portion of it, whether it's oh. just a chapter or not, or 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 more. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Um, tell me more about this year's 2024 book, Your Brain on Art, How the Arts Transform Us. I know it's about something called neuroaesthetics. <laughs> neuroaesthetics, yes. Um, so sort of maybe in simpler language, it's really about how the arts are not just for fun or entertainment, uh, but actually can just engaging even in just a short period of you know, 45 minutes of art can really have profound um, 
uh, implications for our well-being, for our um, abilities to sort of make connections with people and, and um, impact our learning as well. Um, and uh, the authors of Your Brain on Art really define the arts quite broadly to encompass disciplines such as music, you know, engaging in music, making music, um, the visual arts, uh, creative writing, even aspects of nature and being in nature and engaging with nature. Okay, interesting. And um, I know all the books for UCSB Reads are timely and relevant. Can you tell me a little bit about why this book was chosen for this year? Mm-hmm. Well, we've never had a book that addressed the arts. Um, so that's one reason we selected it. There was really a lot of excitement from the students on the committee um, about, about the book and about the idea that the arts were more than just sort of a, a fun thing to do on your weekends, but that actually had some academic weight behind it. Um, and it just, it felt, you know, a lot's going on in our world, in our lives, and um, this has a very positive message for all of us and something that can bring us together no matter what discipline we're in, um, no matter whether we consider ourselves artists or not. That's really wonderful. I know this next year's edition, 2024, as you mentioned, will launch in January. What kinds of activities and events can we expect for that? Well, we start the program with a big book giveaway free books for students, and that will be, I think I have a date for that. I'll have to check back, but I think it's the 18th of January, and we will be publicizing that. So that's our first event, and then our last event is the author visit, and the authors will be on campus May 8th for a public lecture in Campbell Hall, 730. Um, And then in between, we'll have a variety of events We'll have exhibits and film screenings and uh, student-led book discussions and faculty panels. Um, and we're actually in things like zine workshops and other sort of making events. We have in the library um, a brand new makerspace, which is opening oh, yeah. also in January. So we expect to have some Sort of events that happen in the in the makerspace that connect to UCSB Reads. We're also um, looking for ideas from student groups who want to co-sponsor or or organize their own events that connect to the book and the book's themes. So anyone who is interested in developing program programs um, should reach out to me and the maybe the best email address is um, my work email a r e g a n at ucsb.edu also google ucsb reads 2024 and you get some contact information that way perfect and in your own words why is a campus and community-wide event like ucsb reads so valuable going on into especially its 18th year Mm -hmm. Well, 
there aren't that many campus-wide and community-wide initiatives. Um, this may be the only one, and I think it's really important. I think UCSB is known for being a very collaborative, interdisciplinary campus, and UCSB Reads really is that, and it's an opportunity to connect with people from a lot of different disciplines. Um, before we wrap up for today, is there anything we didn't get to that you want to mention? I do want to give you um, a website. We have put together a guide to UCSB Reads 2024, and as events are added and uh, finalized, they'll be listed here. We also have more information about the book and the authors and how you can get involved and uh, whether you want to sponsor or help with programming. And so that is www.library.ucsb backslash UCSB Reads 2024. Again, if you are part of a student organization and have ideas on collaborative programs for UCSB Reads 2024, you can reach out to Alex at aregan at ucsb.edu. That's A-R-E-G-A-N at ucsb.edu. Thanks for listening. With KCSB News, I'm Joyce Chi. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Joyce Chi. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB.